Hello, welcome to Barely Adulting, where two almost adults talk about life in their 20s and what being a grown-up really means. I'm Annie. And I'm Cheyenne. In this week's episode, we are starting a new series called Brutally Honest, where we talk about things that are taboo or hard to talk about. So today, we are going to be starting with the topic of periods and sexual health. But of course, um, first, let's get a life update. Um, There's a pretty big life update (laughs) recently. Yeah, we haven't recorded in a month. Yeah. Really? That's so long. Yeah. I feel like so much has changed. So I moved to California as... The listeners may have known. I visited Atlanta for a week just for fun to visit my boyfriend. And it was really fun. I enjoyed the city. And it was nice just to have a vacation after the move out week we had was just horrible and so tiring. So to finally have something relaxing was very nice. But now I'm settled in California and I'm enjoying it. It's good weather and it's fun. And I get to hang out with my cousin every day. So I can't complain. And being near family is always nice because I've been away from family for so long. So it's nice just to have someone that knows me and like knows who I am on a family level. Um, What else has been going on? I actually booked my driver's test. So it's coming up in two weeks. Yeah. I've been talking about getting my driver's license for like months now. I'm so (laughs) Yeah. If I I fail... So but you can so take, bad. how long do you have to wait to take it again if you fail? I don't know. It's like, I don't think it's that long. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can take it like The thing is, like, I don't, don't want to do it again. Yeah. Like, I don't, it's so much work. Like, you have to like go all the way there and deal with the DMV. And then you have to pay for it and then deal with like an instructor. And like, I feel like the whole thing, it's just hours. Yeah. And I'm using like someone's car. So like someone has to go with me and it's like this whole thing. Oh, you're doing like the sponsor thing? No, I'm using like either my aunt's car or like this other car that the family has. Yeah. I haven't decided what car I want yet. I've been practicing in both. Uh-huh. I think my aunt's car is better. So yeah. I might use my aunt's car. But she has to go with you, right? Because she's your like sponsor. Yeah, I think she has to go with me and then she has to wait there. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, and the video I was watching, like, the sponsor sits in the car with you, and it's, like, so nerve-wracking. Oh, but no, I don't know my how aunt, it works. My aunt doesn't sit in the car. She just, I'm just using her car. and then That's good. It's going to be, like, some instructor. Yeah. yeah. Nice, nice. Um, for me, well, obviously, we're in different places. Yeah. I moved into my apartment. Um, I actually literally like an hour ago just signed up for a UI UX um, kind of education portal account Um, it's powered by Chegg so I already know it's going to be like a good system Um, and so you have to do this like intro course basically just telling you like what to expect from the course and then you can enroll in the boot camp so I'm trying to do a six-month program so I'd have to start like in November in order for me to be done by graduation because I don't want to have to do it like during my summer travels and stuff like that so I'd rather start now even if I'm more busy this semester um, and get it done next semester and speaking of next semester I only have one class left to take for my requirements and then I'm doing like an honors project 
which I have to like enroll in a course, but I don't actually meet with a class. So it's pretty cool. I'm like pretty chill next semester. I can take my time enjoying my last few months in Boston. And you can do the boot camp too. So exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm just like um, trying to sort those proposals out, um, doing some planning so that I'm not like bombarded next semester. But yes. How about um, yeah. What are you obsessed with right now? Oh, obsessed. Um, I mean, I've always been obsessed with Olipop. It's basically this healthier soda. And I recently got the their orange cream flavor. It mm. just kind of tastes like a creamsicle. Oh, that sounds yummy. It's so good. I got Kelly, which is my cousin, addicted to it <laughs> too, which is a bad thing because it's expensive. Right. And... I started doing a puzzle with her too, which has been fun and good nice. to like be away from the computer. Mm-hmm. What's the like picture of? Um, Cuba. Oh, like the streets nice. of Cuba. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. It's fun. Yeah, I am also doing a puzzle. So that is like mm-hmm. literally when I get into a puzzle, I just want to do it every day until I'm done because I'm such a like I need to see the results of whatever I do. Like once I start a project, I'm like, I need to like do it until I'm done, you know? So this puzzle is from the MoMA and it's this like image. I don't know. It's like this painting. I'm looking at it right now. The box is like in front of me. And there are these basically like rings of colors and like triangles. And the shapes are like not the normal puzzle shapes. They're like super (laughs) weird. It's so hard. And all the colors are really like close together. Like they're contrasted in like next to each other. But there's multiple of the same kind of variations of color. It's very difficult. Like if you're colorblind, you can't do this puzzle (laughs) like at all. That sounds so hard. See, I'll show you the picture of my puzzle right now. Oh, nice. I picked this on purpose because like, you know how you can categorize the colors? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Or else if it's too many people in it or it's too complicated, I'll Mm -hmm. give up like in a few days. Mm -hmm. Yeah, wait, let me grab mine. (laughs) It's like this. Oh, yeah, that looks so annoying. It's literally impossible. But at least you can somewhat categorize the colors. You can like put the same colors together and then figure out if it's like the correct one. But like, look, like this orange and this orange and this orange are like so similar, but they're just like slightly different. It's so hard. Why? (laughs) Yeah. But it's a cool challenge. And like, it's one of those puzzles where you can't like, fit the piece in until like the two other pieces are there because it creates like a new shape it's literally insane but I love it yeah the yeah all right so shall we dive into our topic yes so we just kind of came up with a few prompts where we can just break down the topic because the topic is very broad and we didn't really know how to talk about it so Mm -hmm. Yeah. First, we'll start talking about periods and everything related to that. So our first kind of question or prompt that we asked was, what are some things about your period that most people may not know or may not want to talk about? Yeah. So I kind of um, went down a rabbit hole on TikTok and there's this, I guess, like trend or kind of content bucket where a lot of guys or 
male identifying individuals on TikTok will react to like finding things out about periods and it's so funny because like to us this is just our daily life you know we're like yeah like that's normal and they're like what like you have to go through that like crazy and there's this one specific tiktoker who i was thinking of where he actually reviews like period products but he doesn't even know like what it's about or like what (laughs) it's used for yeah and it's so funny but yeah a few things that some people may not know is that periods are clumpy sometimes and it's like gross to deal with um you know the pain that everyone goes through and that it comes with a lot of other symptoms like diarrhea headaches like all of that stuff yep yeah yeah most a lot of guys don't know about periods very much like probably they know like the bare minimum like oh we bleed but they don't actually know Mm -hmm. like I feel like some guys think it's like peeing yeah and also like not even just guys like even girls like you know Mm -hmm. it happens to them or rather menstruators it like happens to them but they don't know exactly what's going on or they don't know like the best ways of treatment or stuff like that um and another thing is that like not only women menstruate I think is a very little known fact. Um, I remember one time my friend like took a picture and posted on their story of like this sign in the men's bathroom. And it was something along the lines of like, we need like tampons or pads like in the men's bathroom or something like that. And I replied and I was like, oh yeah, that's like, like that would be really inclusive. And they didn't know what I was talking about yeah. because they thought it was just like a joke or something. And I was like, oh mm. no, because like, you know, not only women menstruate, you know, like anyone who's transitioning or anyone who is, you know, different, like gender fluid yep. um, might also menstruate. But yeah. I didn't think about that either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. something that it's not very like, you know, common knowledge. So yeah. Yeah. Good thing. Yu Chen, he is a nurse, so mm-hmm. he like knows more than me. Yeah, yeah. Which is funny. He's seen it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't yeah. have to explain to him. All it right. Makes my life easier. Yeah, I know. I like that. Like I like it when someone can empathize with you and understand like what you're going through. Um, I remember in middle school, we always had like, you know, the people who started menstruating earlier, we would all like kind of have a little discussion and be like, all right, so like, what are you feeling right now? <laughs> um, what about different period products and remedies? What are some things that like we've used? Mm-hmm. I feel like me and you have talked about this occasionally, but mm-hmm. I mostly just use pads. Sometimes I use tampons if I need to, but I think like because this past year with COVID and everything, well, my period is pretty easy to manage now that mm-hmm. I'm on birth control. Yeah. So it's not a big deal with me. Um, to me, I I feel like I used to use tampons more, but now that it's just like COVID, it's just I'm just sitting at home and like doing yeah. nothing. So I mostly just use pads. Maybe my life would be easier if I switched to menstrual cup or something like that. But I also like don't care. Yeah. I feel like my period is already so annoying to deal with that I just don't want to think about it more yeah I know what you <laughs> that mean. makes sense yeah yeah I think I was I was gonna say like the opposite I think the reason 
there's a couple of reasons that I changed to a menstrual cup because it allows you to not think about it. Basically, like you put it in for like 12 hours and there's no risk of toxic shock syndrome, which if you do not know, if you put in a tampon for over like 12 to 18 hours, there's risk of something called toxic shock syndrome. It's over eight actually. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's even shorter, but it's literally like basically your body can get like, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's bad. Like, yeah. If you keep it in essentially, I guess the easiest way to understand it is like infection, like a dumbed down version of it, but your organs essentially like reject it and then yeah it's bad (laughs) it's it's not natural to put that yeah with like the chemicals that Mm -hmm. they put in there it's just not yeah exactly and like along those lines as well um something that I learned in the past few years is that pads and tampons are not required to be like FDA approved or you know like regulated so their ingredients are not written on their boxes So in order for it to, you know, last on your shelf and to be so compact um, and be absorbent, it's like a lot of chemicals and stuff goes into it and we don't know what it is. So that's why Mm -hmm. at first I started switching to just like organic brands where they simply just use cotton. Um, And then I was like, oh, you know, the convenience of a cup is very appealing to me where you can just put it in and leave it in. And especially like you said, like with birth control, my flow is a lot different now. It used to be crazy heavy and I used to change my tampon or pad like every hour or two. Mm. And it's just so much. But now because of birth control, like it's a lot lighter flow. Um, So I can just put in a cup and like not really care, like think about it. Exactly. Um, But yeah, just think about what you're putting literally inside your body. (laughs) Like (laughs) That's something to think about. But yeah. Yep. What else? What about other like remedies like for cramps and stuff? What kind of stuff have you tried? Um well I have tried, well, I feel like I need to tell my story first. Yeah. Like my period journey. Like why it led to like all these things that I have Mm -hmm. to do. So I got my period when I was like 13 or 14. I don't even remember anymore. It feels like a like it literally a decade ago. Yeah. Um, but when I first got it, it was fine. It was very irregular. But then I think when I started getting getting into more of my older teens, like 16 to 18 years old, that was when my period was the worst. Mm. And it's probably because of the hormone imbalance in my body. Yeah. That made my period very bad. I would have horrible, horrible birth control cramps to the point where, I mean, not birth control, horrible menstrual cramps yeah. to the point where I feel like I'd have to go to the hospital. I would skip like days in school I even had it throughout the beginning of college and Mm -hmm. I had to like skip class because it hurt so bad um any like small things such as stress would like completely disrupt my period cycle um I had like sometimes I'd have my period twice in one month so Mm -hmm. I'd have it every two weeks and there just weren't many resources back in Vietnam that could help me with this issue and my mom just didn't know what to do. I was only able to seek out resources from Planned Parenthood right. in college um, because that was where I felt comfortable going to talk to people about like finding actual solutions to my problems because like going to the doctor, sometimes they're just like, oh yeah, just take a pill, like yeah. Advil, Tylenol, blah, 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 like not actually having a solution. Um, so I have been 
taking birth control now since my freshman year of college. And Mm -hmm. that's been helping me a lot. So that is a big remedy to my period cycle and how irregular it was and my cramps. Um, I try not to take Advil that much. My doctor actually told me that you should try to take Tylenol first. And yeah. if that doesn't work, then take Advil. That's something I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Advil is an ibuprofen. Yeah. Yeah, and it can cause bleeding in your stomach. Yep, which, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> yep, and recently I've been trying acupuncture to also help with my menstrual cramps. So we'll see. We have mm-hmm. to see over time if that works. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, honestly, I have a very similar journey. I wouldn't say mine was as severe, um, but I also, so I started my period when I was 11. I was really young, um, which is also probably an attribute to why I'm so short because your spine stops growing once you, uh, or like a year after you get your period for girls really? or for menstruators. Yeah. Oh. Um, that's what my chiropractor told me, unless he's wrong. I don't know. Um, but... Um, yeah, so, like, I had not, like, severe cramps where they were really bad, or maybe they were really bad, and I just, like, dealt with it, but I used to have a cramp for, like, the entire cycle, like, for, and my cycle was also, like, seven days, like, usually, um, it's, like, you bleed for, like, two or three days, and then the rest is kind of, like, spotting, but for me, I literally had, like, full-on bleeding for, like, seven days and my day two usually your second day is like very bad it's like most heavy and so my day two would be like the heaviest day but I would still have bleeding the whole week so it was just like a lot to deal with and I would literally just like exist in a cramp and kind of just move on with my day so I actually did get to start birth control in I think it was 10th grade or something I don't know but I started in high school and I did see that it helped a lot. Um, but yes, I also, you know, for context of our journey from there, I learned like different methods. Um, I actually learned that exercise helps with my cramps. Like I used to think like, oh my God, I don't want to do like an ab workout if I'm like having cramps, like it'll just make it worse. But because when you're exercising, your circulation and blood flow is, you know, moving and, you're not just like sedentary and just like sitting there. It actually helps like move the pain away. Um, And things like, you know, making sure you're hydrated, drinking lots of water. I sound like an Asian mom where like all the solutions is just water, (laughs) but it does help. Um, Yeah. yeah. I always feel better working out during my period. Always. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. And of course the classic, you know, like heat packs, um, those help a lot. I used to have some that like you microwave or, um, I have one now that it's like you plug it into USB and it like heats up. Um, but yeah, he always works when I used to have a small dog, I would like put her on my stomach. (laughs) Please sit here for a few minutes. Thank you. That's so nice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I use birth control pills. Mm-hmm. What do you use? So I used to use pills. So when I first got it in 10th grade, I used pills, but it was easier to have a routine because I would just take it before school at like 7 a.m. But then once I got to college, I struggled a bit. Like I struggled a lot within my first year because, you know, my classes are different every day. I don't go to sleep at the same time. I'm not at home at the same time every day. 
So I found it really hard to keep up with a schedule. So then I changed to the Nuba Ring. The Nuba Ring is just a brand. I believe there are other ring brands, mm-hmm. but essentially it's a ring that you insert yourself um, up there. And I like it because like I'm not really like grossed out by my, you know, self or like I kind of learned to just be okay with that. Um, but I like it because you put it in for three weeks and then if you want to get your period, you can take it out for one week and then put a new one in after that fourth week or after the three weeks, you can just put a new one in and skip your period. And so I basically don't have to think about it until every three weeks. And I just have like a calendar reminder. So I like it a lot. Yeah. You know, maybe I'll switch to something else in the future but I feel like pills are working for me so yeah I just get scared when something's working and I have to switch and then I'm mm-hmm. like what if it's like horrible yeah I mean there's no um, reason to switch if it's fine so yeah it's just lately I have been forgetting more the yeah. other day I forgot to take all my meds oh no for like three days straight I was telling you about it yeah um, yeah I remember I'm like panicked but I'm back in routine now I think it's just hard when you travel and stuff yeah but there's different time zones and then everything just gets messed up. Yeah. And it's so annoying having to think about taking a pill every day. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's not bothersome because I take more than one type of medication. Yeah. So, like, I have to take them anyway. But I just hope, like, when I come off of birth control one day that I don't have, like, horrible, mm. like, withdrawal symptoms. Because I've heard, like, that it's really hard to get off of it. Yeah. If you've been on it for years and years. Yeah, it's definitely something that you need to, like, kind of do slowly or, like, you know, be prepared for that transition. And for those who don't know how birth control pills work is basically you have to take a pill at the same time every single day for 21 days. And then after 21 days, you have a seven-day break where you don't take any pills or you can take these fake pills that they have at the end of the pack Mm -hmm. to basically help keep up with your schedule. And if you want to skip your period that month, instead of taking the seven fake pills or no pills, you just go straight to the, the next pack. pack. But the problem with that, I found, is that if you keep skipping every single month, your body's going to get really confused and it's going to start something called breakthrough bleeding, which mm. is basically where you just start bleeding out of nowhere because your body's like confused, right? It's like, oh, I'm supposed to be bleeding and you keep skipping. So yeah, body gets confused. I think if you keep skipping, skipping, skipping consistently, then your body might be able to like get yeah. used to it. But I think it would take months and you will have to accept that like mm-hmm. you will have very weird periods yeah. throughout that process. I know that's very similar when you get the arm um mm, the birth control yeah and um, the IUD yeah with that you don't get a period yeah. but then it's like weird for the first few months so yeah. my system is that I take um pills straight for two months I have it every other month so yeah. only six periods in one year which like isn't even bad yeah yeah that's what um some people do on the ring as well I was hearing that someone I know does skips three periods so like three rings in a row and then has their period Mm. I've done up to skipping two I think or maybe it was three and then it was coming up to the third week and then like right before the third week hit I got my period so I was like okay my body's like it's about time like (laughs) we need to wrap it up Um, yep 
But also it is not unhealthy to skip your period. Mm-hmm. A lot of birth control misconceptions are that it's unnatural. Like you should be having your period every month. Um, yep. It lowers your ability to have babies. Like all of that is myth. Like it is mm-hmm. not true. Um, and, you know, if birth control is the answer for you, then go for it. On the other side of it, though, I was watching this TikTok where it was basically an advertisement for this girl's like business or, you know, life passion. But basically she was saying that, like, aside from all of how birth control has worked for us, she was basically saying that, like, she couldn't find anything that worked. Nothing worked for her until she came to like a natural solutions or holistic doctor and the, her philosophy is that, you know, like at the end of the day, birth control is part of big pharma, right? And it is a drug that is advertised and at the end of the day makes money. And we shouldn't have to take like a medication to adapt to our body, you know? And especially because like, I mean, this is generalizing a lot, but women's bodies are a lot more regulated and medicated than men's bodies right so just to kind of play off of that she was saying like we should learn how to listen to our body naturally instead of like feeding it more drugs and stuff to like um what's the word like stipend or no stifle I don't know but like lessen our natural hormones and stuff Mm -hmm. um And also the way birth control works is that like, essentially, if you need birth control, there might be a hormone imbalance. Or if you're using it to prevent pregnancy, it's basically Mm -hmm. just releasing hormones that stops the egg from getting fertilized. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another misconception is like, oh, birth control stops the semen from going in or like, you know, it's like a condo. Like, it's not like that. Birth control doesn't protect anything like STIs, STDs, like please use a condom if you are at risk. Um, But it's simply just a hormonal, like biological way to prevent pregnancy. And people think that the birth control pill is like 99% effective. And people say that, yeah, it's around 99%. But if you want it to be like 99%, you have to take it at the exact same time every single day. Exactly. Like if you miss it by an hour, that's already reducing mm-hmm. like your chances. And a lot of people don't know that. Yeah. So then they're yeah. like, oh my gosh, like the pill is fake. It yeah. doesn't work. Like it's always the disclaimer is it's 99.9 effective with proper use. Yeah. So that's why. And again, going back to like, this is kind of going into our next topic of the next episode with sex and relationships, but it's related to birth control. Like if, you know, for both of us, we're in like a stable, like long-term relationship. So I'm not necessarily at risk of getting an STD because we're not seeing multiple sexual partners and birth control does not protect against STD. So if you are seeing multiple partners, please stay protected and birth control will stop you from getting preggers, but it will not stop you from getting chlamydia. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. And like, remember to get tested often. Yes. Watching that TV show pros, like opened up my eyes mm. so much into like the STD and AIDS epidemic. And mm-hmm. there is still so much miseducation yeah. to this day. And that show was set in like, I don't know, the 90s, 80s, late 80s to 90s. And it's kind of sad to see that 
education is still so poor surrounding that matter. And people always think these things won't happen to them, but you can't think like that. You have to take the steps to prevent such as regularly getting STD tested. And even sometimes if you're in a long-term relationship, like if you feel, you know, weird about your partner, maybe it's important for you to go get tested too. Like Mm -hmm. you can't always trust the person that you're with. Yeah, exactly. saying that I don't trust. (laughs) No, that's valid. That's valid. Yeah. Um, Another thing kind of along those lines is like not being ashamed. Like STDs have a lot of, you know, taboo around them. Like people think it's embarrassing. And the only reason it's embarrassing is because it's transmitted through sex, you know, and again, going back to the whole idea that sex is something we shouldn't be talking about. And like, you know, um, reproductive health is not a topic that we should just bring up at a restaurant. Like, it shouldn't be that way. So don't be embarrassed about going to get tested. It's like, you're literally it's the same as getting a COVID test. You're just trying to make sure you're not spreading anything. Um, It is not something that you should be ashamed of. You don't need to hide it. It's honestly better to broadcast it everywhere and be like I am clean like yes you can have sex with me you know um another thing that's like kind of thought of as embarrassing but really shouldn't be is UTIs um which is a urinary tract infection Mm -hmm. which I got so often like even before I was sexually active another misconception is that UTIs are a form of an STD it's not you can get a UTI anywhere from anything like yeah you can get it from when you shower if you put like shower gel Mm -hmm. in that area yes another thing you should not be putting soap up there (laughs) don't do that like yeah yeah. but anyway a UTI like if you've never had one great never I hope you never experience it but basically like I've never had one oh my god I literally not jinx myself right now knocking on wood it's just the worst thing ever the first time I got one I thought I was dying I was like what is happening basically it like hurts when you pee like you know when you go swimming at the pool and there's chlorine and then it's like stings when you pee but that's like a dull stinging a UTI is like a sharp stinging and when you pee like it hurts and then because you like basically it's like you're um you're like down there is infected. It's like, it's sick. So it's trying to expel everything, right? Mm. Like when you have a runny nose, you're trying to expel everything. So that's why you like need to pee a lot, but then you don't have that much liquid. So you can't pee. So then you're just needing to pee. And then it stings when you like push, when you try to push pee out and then nothing comes out. So it's just, frustrating and you're just sitting on the toilet and you're crying and it's just oh it's so bad it is so bad but while UTIs are not a sexually transmitted disease it can be easier to get a UTI through like sexual activity so if your partner is not very hygienic or not even that it's just like any exposure to outside germs, bacteria, the air, literally anything is a risk of getting a UTI. So if you are sexually active, literally pee every time after you do anything, not just like sex, not just penetrative sex, literally anything. If anything's going on down there, go pee after because that will help you prevent getting a UTI. 
and after the beach like i'm just mm-hmm. like, always peace. exactly so dirty exactly. like anything that's like not dirty but you like not natural mm-hmm. just like anything like that, you. that you're exposed to you know like when yeah. you're at the beach you're in a swimsuit so easier for sand to like get in there yeah. or like yeah like even if you're you know sometimes if you're wearing a dress and you know you're just in your underwear like be careful be careful yeah. <laughs> also men can get utis too so really yeah it's just less common because utis are basically a result of bacteria getting into the urinary tract right and okay. so biologically um obviously a female reproductive system the the tube essentially that goes from your pee pee hole to your bladder is a lot shorter Mm. but in a penis it's a lot longer so the bacteria doesn't usually make its way in to like get infected Mm. but it's possible so be warned everyone to know yeah yeah um so other things like what is hard about being open about this topic in general like what have you found stops you from talking about it um I think it comes from a little bit from Asian culture growing up it's just Mm -hmm. not talked about really even your period I don't know why it's uncomfortable I really don't think it is well obviously now that I'm older yeah I don't really care but I kind of understand like when I'm younger maybe it's embarrassing I don't know yeah like why it's not I think it it was embarrassing when we were younger because even though it was only a few years or it feels like a few few years, it was low key, like a generation ago, you know? Yeah. Like I would consider obviously not like a year generation, but more of a mindset generation. I think things have changed a lot since we were in middle school. Yeah. I think it's just because it has to do with maybe your private areas Mm -hmm. and that's just why people don't talk about it because people just it's supposed to be covered like it's everything about it is just Mm -hmm. hidden so and people aren't supposed to know about it yeah kind of thing like it's also secretive and just miseducation like yeah people even teachers at school don't even take it seriously when there's like sex ed or education about periods they don't even take it seriously how can they expect like you know, mm-hmm. s- students and children to yeah. feel comfortable talking about it when they're like uncomfortable mm-hmm. talking about it. Yeah. yeah, no, I totally agree. I think the Asian thing is a big part of it for me, at least, because I remember when I was a kid and like, obviously you want to teach a kid not to like bring their shirt up or like bring their skirt mm-hmm. up, you know, stuff like that. And the Asian way of doing that was by saying like shame shame like that was literally the saying that they would say they were like oh shame shame don't show so I was like oh I should be shameful of my body and like I should the reason I'm hiding it is not because it's an intimate and special you know part of your body that should be treated with care and love and you know someone special should be the one who you share that with it was more like oh, I can't be showing this in public because it's Mm. something to be ashamed of. Mm. And I think that led to a lot of like, oh, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to talk about it. And um, again, just like a little foreshadowing to our next topic. But I think that's also a big reason why female menstruation, uh, not menstruation, masturbation is much less common or talked about 
or encouraged than you know guys just talking about like yeah man I Mm -hmm. jerked off like like it's not the same you know because like we are taught to be shy and ashamed and like not own our body in the way that others are Mm. um but yeah I feel like for me I've learned over the years I'm still learning to like love my body but at least with periods and stuff like it's literally a biological function and our uterus brings life into the world so Mm -hmm. like we should be cherishing that and understanding it to the full extent you know like obviously I'm not an expert I don't know everything there is to know but it's a part of life and there's no right or wrong way to have your period Mm -hmm. and we shouldn't judge people for the way they do things and if they do them differently like that's okay and again just remembering that females are not the only people who menstruate and that we need to be open-minded and understanding of anyone who is sharing the same struggles as we are. Yep. And in different cultures, periods are also viewed as dirty, um, Mm -hmm. which is so not true at all. There's nothing about it that's dirty. It's natural. And I watched this documentary two years ago. It was released in 2018 it's called period end of sentence oh and yeah yeah it won a oscar i mm-hmm. think academy award for best documentary mm. that's why i watched it um, I don't know why i never watched it but i wanted it's, to it's very good but yeah. it kind of leads to our topic of period poverty mm-hmm. but it basically just follows this like young girls um where are they I don't want to like miss yeah like where it is located at in India so it follows a group of kind of local women and girls in India and it talks about their life with periods and what it's like having a period where they're from mm. and it's so eye-opening because you don't get to know or learn about this if you grew grew up in a privileged household mm-hmm. where it's easy to access pads and period products, but for people who are poorer and who don't have that privilege, they struggle when it comes to their period. Yeah. So women in India in this documentary would have to not go to school because they had their period and therefore lose out on education, education. that everyone should have regardless if you're a woman or not yeah and everything about their culture in the documentary shows that it's a very taboo topic um, in India and I think it still is a very taboo topic there Mm -hmm. and they just didn't have access to you know basic products so basically what these women did was they created kind of a local shop where they would create their own pads with cotton and they distribute it out to um, women around their community. And I thought it was a very cute documentary. No, that's awesome. Very educational. Yeah, I'll definitely watch it because I think in the past year or so, I've become pretty passionate about this too because like, you know, just thinking about why is there gender inequality? Why, Why is it that more men dominate so many industries? And to me, it all came down to education. I was like, if it's access to education. But like you said, like, what is limiting that access to education? 
things like this, you know, that people Mm -hmm. don't talk about. And the reason we don't talk about it, again, loops back to the taboo topic of reproductive organs. And it's like, why? For what? For what reason? (laughs) Um, But another person that I really, really learned a lot about period poverty is Nadia Okamoto. And she was a guest on Asian Boss Girl. And I didn't know her before that. But she was a guest. I think she was our age. She was 21, 22. And she had founded this movement called the Period Movement. And it focuses on um, period poverty and also the politicization of the female reproductive system. And so, like you said, not everyone has the same access to period products. Um, I've heard of stories where in certain cultures, they simply just bleed everywhere. And yeah. that's why it like can be seen as dirty or, you know, like, yeah, in, in unhygienic because you're like bleeding everywhere. You wouldn't let an open wound bleed everywhere. So why are you letting your period bleed everywhere? Right. Exactly. And so it's just ridiculous that people don't have access to pads and tampons or anything. I've also heard of cultures where you have to make your own um, period products with like clothes and stuff. And then you don't have clothes anymore. Yeah. Um, all that stuff is just like horrible. Mm-hmm. And um, another thing is period products are labeled as luxury items um, yeah. economically, while medication like Viagra is a necessity or Mm -hmm. what they call like a necessary good, meaning you can get it um, for free or, you know, whatever. And like certain insurances can get birth control for free, but it is not as regulated or it is more regulated by state. Um, Again, things like abortion and other sexual health topics. Why is it even discussed in politics? For what reason? Why are there legislations about it? Like, doesn't make sense. Like, why are pads also, pads and at least, like, menstruation products, why are they not covered in insurance? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like, it's literally something for your daily existence. Like, (laughs) we should not be paying thousands of dollars a year on period products. Yeah, it's it's very expensive. It adds up. Mm -hmm. And then on that note as well, um, something that I, I briefly learned about in high school but definitely looked more into recently um, is called the pink tax. And this isn't just for, um, you know, menstrual products or anything, Mm -hmm. but any products that are marketed towards females um, are more expensive or the price is marked up just because of the fact that it's marketed towards women. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm reading this article and it essentially says that the pink tax tax costs the average woman in the U.S. $1,351 a year. So if we were to just buy a men's razor or a men's shampoo, like we would be saving $1,000. Like that's insane. And basically it was saying like, you know, once you're 50 years old, we would have spent $67,000 more than buying male products you know male marketed products but yeah I'm so glad sorry I was just gonna say that I'm so glad these companies are getting called out for this type of pricing and behavior it's just unacceptable yeah no for real and it's like it's just crazy and it leads to you know other topics of like gender um 
gender norms and why there's even different marketing in the first place. Like, you know, why certain scents are associated with men versus women and the fact that it would need to constitute for a different type of shampoo, you know, like it's just all this stuff and it opens a huge can of worms, but yeah, I don't know. How, do you have any horror stories about your period? Horror stories? I have a lot. But most of them are just like, you know, getting my period at school and like not having yeah. a pad or like something. And I'm like, oh, to ask someone that's so embarrassing. Yeah. Or like having to go to the nurse. Mm-hmm. God forbid to like ask for something that yeah. shouldn't be embarrassing, but it feels embarrassing at that age. Yeah. Um, bleeding through like my shorts good thing Mm -hmm. was during gym like we would have different shorts yeah that's what would save me um do you have any other period horror stories lately hmm like in my older years do you remember any that I've told you I I mean I don't really have any I don't think so yeah not like during college yeah do you have one while I kind of think about mine for a second I have one from middle school that I like just remember very distinctly. I remember I was in health class, ironically, mm-hmm. but we were talking about like <laughs> drugs or something. It was nothing to do with periods. Yeah. And, you know, back when you're in middle school, you like write on your notebook if you have like a secret message, right? So I like, wrote, I was like, oh my God. Like, also another thing that you may not know or you might not know as a listener is that when you have your period, you can feel like, gushes of blood coming out like it gushes out you know and so I felt the you know Niagara Falls and I was like excuse me um what yeah that's the worst feeling yeah like when you're out in public Mm -hmm. and also sometimes it's hard to tell if it's just maybe a bit of discharge Mm -hmm. or if it's just like or it's over to or if it's your period exactly so like I felt it and I was in the middle of class and I was like oh my god and like again, like back then, I, I want I'd be interested to ask a middle schooler now if periods yeah. are embarrassing because back then, like we think, oh, we were younger, but I also think it's like the climate was different. But I was well, like, oh my god, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask Kelly that tonight. Yeah, that's a yeah, let's update She's me. My cousin, me. by the way. Yeah, I've said that a million times, but I feel like <laughs> people still forget because yeah. calling someone by name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, like, felt it, and then I wrote in my notebook. I was like, I think I got my period. Um, That was the minute you got it? Or, like, just... No, I literally just got it. Like, I didn't have anything on. Like, I wasn't prepared. Oh, yeah. So, I just, like, was in my school uniform, and I was like, crap. Um, And then, so I, like, had to, like, shimmy my way out of the classroom. I remember we were watching, like, a movie because the lights were off. So I could like sneak out of the classroom and like run to my backpack and get stuff. Another thing that we used to have to do, I don't really do it anymore because I don't care, but I used to have to like sneak like a pad into yeah. your sleeve. I or, did like, that too. You know, or you try not to make it crinkle. So you'd be like, Achoo! and yeah. like grab your pad. And it's so dumb. Like, why do you need to hide that? But so I remember I like snuck it out. I crawled out of the classroom yeah. and then I met like my friends in my PE class because I was like in the bathroom like sorting yeah. that out and I remember I told my friend I was like can you grab my backpack like I just need to like get out right now yeah a weird detail of this story is that that friend that I was saying like loved attention she was like super super needy for being the center of attention Ugh. so because like 
people were like trying to help me out like a few other friends got involved with like you know helping yeah. me like with my situation so then we got to PE class and she was like oh my gosh I got my period as well but like I didn't have anything on like oops and I was like okay so you just stole my situation and it's not <laughs> even real like okay <laughs> I was in genuine panic and here you are just like ah <laughs> oh no but yeah it was weird weird Male schoolers are weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I don't really have. I don't have a story. I have moments. Yeah, you know, there's nothing. Yeah. Thank goodness there has been no. Mine have been more like horror stories mm. rather than like embarrassing. Mm. Yeah, yeah, like horror in terms of pain. Yeah, no, yeah. I feel that too. Uh, yeah. yeah, but like another thing is that like the whole story was because I wasn't like prepared. But that just basically shows that, like, you know, people who menstruate, it's like a whole other thing you need to think about. You know, like it's it's something you need to schedule in and you yep. need to like wear a pad the week of that you're supposed to get it so that you don't bleed through all your clothes. It's just yep. like a lot. You know, what's yeah. stressful is like because now I'm on birth control, I get to plan when I have my right. period. Yes. But also it's a whole nother thing. I have to yep. plan like three months in advance, like. When am I going to have my period this month? Because sometimes I will I will intentionally skip a period if it's on vacation. Mm-hmm. And so I got to do this whole like mathematic calculation months yeah. in advance. I remember last year I had this dilemma if I should get my period on Christmas Day or on Thanksgiving. Yeah, I remember that. We were like looking at our calendars together. We were like, okay, what like what trips do you have? <laughs> okay, what activities? And like for I me, I would do it around like my shows, like when I'm performing. And I'm like, well, I oh, don't yeah. want to have like a huge yeah. pad diaper on stage. Yeah. So like I have to plan around that and like stuff like that. Um, it's just a lot. Maybe this is why like girls are stereotypically better at planning. <laughs> That's true. But also, like, it's not even just the period. It's like, oh, I'm going to feel like shit the whole mm-hmm. week. So, mm-hmm. like, I don't want to ruin the vacation with exactly. like, a shitty feeling. Yeah. No, yeah. exactly. It's bad. We go through so much. Yeah. And, like, women. it's so funny because, again, like, it's always just this comparison. I mean, I'm obviously thinking very middle school right now because the height of my period drama was in middle school. But it would be, like... <laughs> You know, my guy friends being like, oh, it can't be that bad. Like, yeah. whatever, you know, like, oh, up. getting kicked in the balls is like way worse. And I'm like, I yeah, know, why is that always like, a comparison? Because it's like the worst pain a guy can feel. And I'm like, I'm sure it hurts so much more in the moment. But like we th- how many times are you going to get kicked in the ball in, in your life? You know, we get this every single month if you're not on birth control. Right. And it's just like this is not something we can avoid. You can avoid getting kicked in the balls in the most part, <laughs> like, you know, and it's just like, I, like even the fundamentals, like, why is there a need to compare? Why can't you just accept our pain? Like, and for why, what? why is it that males, they need to minimize a woman's Yes, pain. exactly. Like they have to dominate in everything. And it's like, why? What? <laughs> and, like, if anything, you should be like, oh, you know, like, I don't feel pain. I'm a man. Like, and instead they're like, I feel so much more pain. I know I'm like okay you're going against everything that I don't know (laughs) whatever anyway yeah but long story short let's talk about periods more (laughs) yes let's talk about it in daily life yeah I wish it was more 
yeah. you know, talked about in school. Mm-hmm. I think I skipped sex slash period ed for three years in high school because my teacher just didn't want to teach it. Oh, really? I was like, are you kidding me? That's crazy. I know. Yeah. He was like, oh, yeah, you guys know about it. So we're just going to skip it. What? That's crazy. Yeah. No, yeah. I just remember like in middle school, we did have like, I don't know. I don't remember anything from it. But basically, we they separated the boys and the girls for health class like during that unit. Mm. And then they gave us this little like gift bag where oh. they gave us deodorant, some like pads and tampons. Yeah. They definitely didn't give us a condom because we were in middle school. But um, <laughs> they I was just know. like essentially like puberty starter kit um which was stupid because I already started my period yeah before that happened so another thing is like sex ed should not have like an age in which you need to start learning because like depending on your health and your lifestyle girls or people who menstruate could start menstruating like as early as nine or ten and of course, you're not going to have sex ed because you're not expecting a 10 year old to be having sex but sex ed does not just encompass penetrative sex you know so that is another big thing that I'm a very big supporter of teaching anyone who needs to know as early as they can um another thing is not really to do with periods but just sex in general porn not a great place to learn about sex (laughs) don't learn from there um it's just not realistic and you're not gonna learn anything about respecting your own body and respecting someone else's body not to say it's not a genuine workplace. Support sex workers. Just don't learn about sex there. <laughs> That's all I can say. Yep. Um, I don't know. Where are some good resources or places and people that we could go to to learn more about, you know, sex education and periods? Yeah. Um, well, like you said earlier, I think my first thing would be Planned Parenthood. Yeah. Even if you're not in the US and you don't have access to a Planned Parenthood, they have a lot of resources on their websites and their blogs um, where you can learn a lot. Things like, you know, publications that are geared towards um, women's health or, you know, it's labeled women's health, but rather it's like female reproductive systems. Um, and what I said earlier on the period movement, uh, their website is just period.org. They do have other places you can like click to, to learn about period poverty and stuff like that. I follow Nadia Okamoto because she has a lot of really great resources. Mm-hmm. Um, and she actually launched a brand with some other period activists called August. Um, and they are an organic menstrual product brand, but they also post a lot of education on their social media accounts. So yeah. Very cool. And with Planned Parenthood, a lot of people don't know this, but they are funded so they can do many things, um, without a price. Yeah. So you could get like certain vaccines there for free, Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure. Like, I don't want to miss like inform, but there are like, you know, resources there that are free and they have like counselors as well on their phone lines. Yeah. You could just call their number and the counselors are so nice because once I accidentally called one, cause I wanted to like talk to someone else, but that woman was being so nice to me. She was basically like anything that you need, like, please let me know. And yeah. 
basically just a counselor for anything that you need. If you're mm-hmm. debating between like maybe what birth control you want to use, or if you're in kind of a sticky situation, you need to talk to someone that feels safe. That's a perfect resource to go to. Yeah. And Planned Parenthood also, like I subscribe to their text messages. They also have a lot of resources for activism. Um, if they need help, like signing petitions or going to rallies and stuff. If you're interested in activism, that is a really great place to start. And then from those rallies and stuff, I'm sure you can join other organizations um, for these causes because the women's body needs to stop being the business of straight, cisgendered white men in the government. (laughs) Yes. On that happy note, I I think we can wrap this up before we start going too deep into our rabbit hole of topics. I know. Um, All right. So our life hack this time, as we've said many times, is to just be open about talking about your period and biological functions. This topic shouldn't be taboo and it should be the first thing we need to learn about and not just, you know, people who experience periods. It should be learned about by every individual so that we have people to support us. Um, And the more we talk about it, the more people will feel comfortable around the topic and the more we can understand each other and be there for each other. Yep, I completely agree. So thank you for listening to today's podcast episode. You can find us on Instagram at barelyadulting.pod. We'll talk to you later.